Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. Well, this is a throwback Thursday special. I went back deep into the archives and found back in April of 2016, when Handyman Bob and I were on the radio live in Portland, Oregon, and some of our stations in the Pacific Northwest, and we had Dave Kindig from Kindigit Design. Back then, it was on the Velocity Channel that is now rebranded to the Motor Trend Channel, and he called into the show. So let's talk a little bit here about old home improvement with myself and Handyman Bob, and of course, a quick phone call from Dave Kindig talking about the trades. One other quick note, don't use any of the phone numbers or emails or contact information. This is so old. Well, those emails and phone numbers have not existed for a very long time. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Design Master Eric G. Now with Eric G, here's Handyman Bob and this is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. It's your favorite home improvement talk radio show throughout the Pacific Northwest. I'm Handyman Bob. And I'm Eric G. You know, Eric, what with the home shows we've been doing and the special things that you and I have been engaged in, we've been stacking stuff up all winter to talk about on air. You've got it all stuffed away in some kind of a magic file over there in Facebook. But tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, actually at 930 tonight, I think, is yeah. the first day of spring. So why don't we have kind of a spring cleaning today? Yeah, let's get some of this stuff off our plate. I, I think mean, that's a great we've got idea. A, we've, got, we've got about a year's worth of stuff here. Let's see how much we can get through it. <laughs> let's see if we can slide through it. But that doesn't mean that we want to get in the way of callers. No, absolutely. So why don't you guys give us a call? Numbers in the workshop are 503-417-9595 or toll-free anywhere in the country, including Kentucky, 877-733-1011. Email should be sent to the shortest email we could find, ath at kxl.com. And you're going to find us on Facebook at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And we're up to, I think, uh, 736 as far as people following us, and we'd love to get more. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's target 800. Yeah, let's go that's, for that. That's a nice target, yeah. I think. Okay. So well, jump on cool. there and follow up, and uh, you can watch the rest of the show all week long. Gosh, you had a busy week. I tried all, you know, I, I kept getting busy signals on your phone. <laughs> you, you were swamped. What did you have going on? Oh, man, I was I was uh, burning the midnight oil this week. Uh, from I was the uh, was a guest speaker for the National Kitchen and Bath Association, uh, Columbia River Chapter on Thursday night, talking about healthy homes, yeah. and that was fun, and uh, over at North Coast Lighting, and uh, had a good time with those guys, and then just design work all week long. It has been a uh, a rat race this week. Well, I can see why an awful lot of design work would have come out this week. Um, that visit that we made to um, Ryan's <laughs> REF uh, construction potential site, oh my gosh, that's that's going to take some doing. Yep, yep. That was a, that was a fun one there. So yeah, it really a, was. Uh, you know, I, that took me back to the days when I was doing remodeling because we had the electrician, we had the painter, we had the roofing, siding, and window guy. I was in there doing asbestos and lead testing. You were in there measuring up for kitchens and baths and... Um, you had uh, folks out there looking at the foundation, climbing around, trying to find out if the, there was even a foundation opening uh, <laughs> into that addition on the house. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was fun, and it was all in the mud. It was muddy. It was dirty. You know, you used four-wheel drive to get out of there. I did. I tried to turn around in that thing, and I'm happy I have it in my truck because I used 
all of it getting out of there. So, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ryan and his little pious, and me and my little yeah. uh, HHR, two, two little white cars trying to get out of there, and yeah. I'm in there trying not to be a mud bog guy throwing mud all over the place with my truck. <laughs> oh man! Well, I'll tell you what, I've had a busy week too. Um, been uh, been getting the word out about the asbestos testing, letting mm-hmm. all my contractor buddies know that I'm doing that, and also getting ready for. Uh, uh, I've got 16 hours of training to go through before I can be a certified radon tester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, the more I read it, it's a passion with me because I know that there are about 21,000 people who die in this nation every year as a direct result of exposure to radon. Okay, that's a so lot. That's a lot of people. And in in looking at the numbers, this really caught me off guard as compared to other deaths per year, do you know that 21,000 figure with radon, Mm -hmm. that eclipses drunk driving deaths. Wow. That's only about 17,000. Wow. Falls in the homes, you'd think, you know, I hear a lot about falls in the homes. Now, granted, not everybody dies from a fall. They end up with a broken hip or something like Mm -hmm. that. 8,000 a year. Home fires, less than 4,000. And carbon monoxide deaths, in in the hundreds, four hundred and thirty. So it wow. makes me even more ready to get on my soapbox about radon. Man, that is crazy. That number. You can start putting a bunch of things and adding them up in there that are what you would think would be high numbers, and right. they don't equal to what the radon is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. And here, at least in our area, you know, every house needs to be checking at that. You know, I was talking about that in my healthy home presentation this you week. You did. You know, Good. we were talking about that, and it's like, hey, I don't don't trust the maps because you could have a map and say you're at medium to medium low risk, and you could have a house that uh, you're just in the right spot, and guess what? You could be high risk. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the maps are constantly being updated as more testing is, is done, but your neighbor can have, a, you know, like a... A 0.6 reading, mm-hmm. and you might end up with a 13 or 25 reading in your house because you're just sitting on a pocket of of basically and, of, of radon emitting. And it's depending on how energy efficient your home is, too. If you've got a house that's sealed up, you're trapping more of it. It's coming up, and you're keeping it involved inside the house more, too. Yeah. So No question about it. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm just hearing here that we've got some breaking news, and I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to go to that. <laughs> uh, we've got breaking news coming out of New Orleans, Louisiana, I believe. Is that correct, Mr. Reporter? Do we have breaking news out of New Orleans? Yes, we have breaking news, but it's not about flood water conditions. Well, what is it about then, Mr. Newsbreaker? <laughs> well, it's all about Mac Pellegrino's winning their fifth Vesta Award for Best Barbecues Other Fuels last night in New Orleans, Louisiana. Congratulations, Bruce Bjorkman, the nice, national uh, marketing director for Mac Grills. So, yeah. what was the uh, what was the grill? Uh, what was the award? Well, it's it's every year uh, Hearth and Home Magazine sponsors the Best Awards, which in the Hearth Patio Barbecue industry is like winning a Grammy or an Oscar. Okay, and it's a peer reviewed panel of judges. They come to your booth and you give a presentation and tell them why. You know, your grill or your product is uh, both innovative and about the quality aspects and features and all. And then they go back and they basically evaluate each one of the products that they've seen, score them, and then make a decision as to who wins what in what category. And last night, Mac Grill's Mini Mac Portable Wood Pellet Grill won there were no other finalists in our category. We were the single finalist winner in the category. And like I said, it was our fifth best award that we won last night. Five awards in six years. That ain't bad. Now, no kidding. Now, I bet you're thinking to yourselves, Bob and Eric, well, what the heck is this Mac thing he's talking about? For years, people have been begging us, asking us, just telling us, come on, you guys need a portable wood pellet grill. And we developed it with the Mini Mac that uses, and you're gonna, you guys are going to love this, thermal electric generation in order to power the grill. You do not need electricity whatsoever to run the Mini Mac. It's got uh, basically a 12-volt battery 
that is recharged by the heat of the grill. Perpetual motion. That's cool. Yeah, perpetual energy system that regenerates because of the heat of the grill. I'm disappointed. No solar power, no windmills. You don't need that stuff, man. (laughs) I'm disappointed there's not one here for me to play with. What are you talking about? (laughs) There there are a lot of people that want it right now. We are anticipating having it available, hopefully, and and I'm saying hopefully because we still want to do a little more testing before we go into full-on production with this, but hopefully by early fall, maybe mid, and hopefully not late fall, but fall sometime this year. All right, fantastic. Bruce Bjorkman, the marketing director for Mac Grills, congratulations on your fifth Vesta Award in six years. That is absolutely impressive. Hey, unless you change the subject to something else, we're going to start talking about Facebook spring cleaning, and we definitely want you to join us in the conversation just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back, or if you're just joining us, this is the Radio Northwest Network. We're listening to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And today we're cleaning out the folders full of stuff that we've been amassing all winter long. These are things we found interesting. We stuck it in a file to post on Facebook when opportunity presented. So, welcome to Facebook Spring Cleaning. (laughs) And hopefully some of the things we post are going to stimulate questions and comments. This is a conversation we definitely want you to chime in on. We're going to try to make it real easy. And, Bob, if they wanted to do that, what are the numbers? Well, they can call us on the phone here in the workshop, 503-417-9595. Or if they're in Kentucky, Brandon, I'm talking to you. Long-distance number is (laughs) 877-733-1011. Email should be sent to ATH at KXL.com. And you'll find us on Facebook at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And we want you on Facebook while you're listening to the show today because you can kind of follow along. And uh, it, it, it's kind of like sing along with Mitch Miller. You'll you know, follow the bouncing ball right there on Facebook. Okay. You're beyond my age. On I know. One. I know. Mitch Miller, <laughs> he was a little guy with a goatee. Uh, okay. Go on. Okay. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about first? Hey, mold in the attic. Oh, that's not a good thing. It's not. You know, so if you get up, stick your head up in the attic, and how many of you have checked for mold in your attic? Yeah, that's why I thought I heard crickets there, didn't you? Yep, I did. <laughs> I didn't see a hand go up. Didn't see one go up. It no. was just crickets. But... Anyway, if you've got mold in your attic, you get up there and go, oh, no, i got a mold problem up there. No matter what kind of mold it is, not even black mold, if you've got a mold issue in your attic, hire a professional. But before you hire that professional, I'm not going to tell you how to clean it up because you need to have somebody come in and do it because you're not going to do a good job of it. The problem, though, is is what caused it. And that's something you can do to take care of yourself in many cases. Um, Bob and I talk about this a lot, but one of the things that you have that we see a lot here in the Northwest no matter where you're at, is that prior to, oh, 10 years ago, many homes, when they built them, they vented that bathroom fan or that kitchen fan right up into the attic space and didn't take it all the way out of the house. So what happens? You've got all this nice, warm, moist air with stuff in it, and you are pumping it up into a semi-sealed up space up there with a little bit of venting. And guess what? You have the perfect recipe for mold. Absolutely. There are only three things necessary to grow mold, and I think it's important we recover that once in a while. Uh, You have to have mold spores. Well, they're everywhere unless you're in a clean room at Intel. Yep. You have to have food for the mold to eat, and the dust up in an attic is, oh, that that is just, I mean, that's gourmet food, absolutely. (laughs) And you have to have moisture. And the only one of those three that we can control... Moisture. Moisture. Yep. So make sure, first off, if, you know, and this is a remodeling tip as well that we can tie into this. And I've got more information on this. It's up on our Facebook page now. But keep in mind, if you're going to do any remodeling out there, those bath fans, the that range hood, all are required. I don't care if you're in Washington, Oregon, or where you're at. Those are required now, especially if you're doing remodeling, is to send it outside. So that has to go up into the attic, hard duct, and out through a roof vent or out through a side exterior wall. It has to go outside. So make sure, one, it's not recirculating. Two, that it's going outside, and it's going all the way out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
I, you know, people will argue, well, gosh, it's on an interior wall. I can't send it outside. Yes, you can. You got to come up with a way to do it because right. I tell you what, it's one of those things that that you got to get it done because it's going to be a big issue. And then talking about fans as well, make sure you've got a quality fan. Um, I talked about this on my Thursday meeting as well with the NKBA. You know, I'm a, and they don't pay me to say this, but I'm a Panasonic vent fan person. They are the ones that work really, really well. And I have great luck with it. And they, they just end up being super quiet. And they've got different ones, different models that you can use. Um, one little tip with those fans, too, is they make one that's a shallow depth for using in 2x6 walls yeah, and 2x6 ceiling joists. Problem is with those is they do work well for that, but they are a little bit noisier than their standard one. And then some of them even have a, a switch on them as well where you can switch the CFM from, I think, 75 or 80 up to 110. And so you can uh, dial up the CFM you want in that room. Okay. So. That, that's neat. And quiet is good, but sometimes quiet you don't remember to turn off. Timer mm -hmm. is important. Well, it's required by new code anyway, right. but it is good. You know, they do make different um, ones that turn on and off with relative humidity. Right. The problem is, is sometimes in our winters around here, if you don't have a great HVAC system going and you've got too high humidity in your house all the time, it's running all the it's time. It's running all the time. Yeah. And so that's been some of the complaints I've seen with those as well. Absolutely. Uh, which is one of the reasons that in the rental properties that I would work in, I did not put humidistat-operated devices. Mm -hmm. I always put timer-operated devices. And I made sure that it was connected to the light. So for them to have light on while they're in the shower, mm -hmm. they had to turn that timer on. See, I, I agree with that. The one thing that I don't like with it, though, is people turn the lights off too often, you know, and I, I want that to be on when they leave. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is, yeah, if you have a rental property out there, man, throw those things out there, put them in there. It's going to stop, you know, it's going to really reduce your chance of mold and mildew is having a great fan in there because it's just going to keep renters from, um, you know, not caring and not taking care of it. It's going to prevent a lot of that. You talked about black mold just a minute ago. One of the worst mold situations I've ever seen was not in the attic. It was actually in the living quarters. It started in the kitchen. It went down the hall. It ended up also in the bathroom and in the bedrooms. And it was in uh, a rental unit where the family kept all of the windows closed because they didn't like paying high energy bills. Mm -hmm. But they always had a pot of food cooking on the stove. And so it was constantly, constantly, constantly giving off wow. moisture. and. You know, a typical family of four puts off somewhere between 13 and 16 gallons of moisture anyway, just from normal bathing and laundry and just our exhale and, yep. and so on. But they must have been putting off 50 gallons of moisture. I mean, it was just, it, it's the worst I had ever seen. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be uh, one of those things that you always have to watch out for. So. Okay, so uh, what are we going to do next? Hey, let's talk about glossy cabinets uh, in your kitchen. Glossy cabinets in the kitchen. All right, so that's a good reason. Don't go anywhere. Don't change the station. Don't push that button. Don't do anything to leave us because we're going to talk about glossy kitchens. I think they are in vogue. And we'll take all of your calls to 503-417-9595 or 877 733-1011. Just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. Hey, our mission is so simple. We're here to help you knock out your honeydew list or maybe get started with a major home improvement project. You know, I'm a certified kitchen designer and Bob is a licensed general contractor and professional handyman. We help you design it. We help you build it. We help you break it and then fix it after it's been broken. Huh? And today we're going <laughs> to go on through all those boxes and bags and stuff. We've stored up to share on our Facebook page. We've been calling it our Facebook spring cleaning. We have so many stories, so many things that we couldn't get to because you know why? We've had a bunch of phone calls. And yeah. when we do, 
We don't get to finish the stuff all the time. And that's okay, because we love the phone calls. We want the phone calls. Yeah, and speaking of phone calls, you can reach us here in the, in the uh, workshop at 503-417-9595. Or the toll-free number, no matter where you are in the country, 877-733-1011. Email should come to ath at kxl.com. And I hope you're following us on Facebook today. And if you're not yet, go take a look at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And uh, a couple of noteworthy things here. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out singing one of my favorite songs from years and years and years and years and years ago. Hat tip here to uh, David and Aaron for pulling up <laughs> Mitch Miller. <laughs> and I started singing along and forgot where I was. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Five foot two eyes of blue. What those blue eyes would do. Yes, indeed. Okay. And I was giving you the clueless look going, yeah. I have Who no idea Mitch what this Miller? is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was out there at the same time Hootenanny was, and we were singing in our living rooms, and we were singing folk music on Hootenanny. Now, back to mold in the attic. Let's move up a little bit above the attic. And this isn't in our Facebook, but it got me to thinking, I've been driving around the neighborhood and with the sun out, you look at some of these roofs and they're greener than the lawn. Yeah. (laughs) Something's growing on them or taller than the lawn as well. You know what? Speaking of roofs, how, how timely is this? Because we've got a call coming in from John in Beaverton, and it looks like he needs a roof replaced. <laughs> John, welcome to Around the House. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing pretty darn good. good. How are you, sir? Oh, hey, it's a great day to be alive. It is indeed. Amen. What hey, can uh, we help you with? Yeah, I've got to replace my cedar roof. It's about 30 years old. Okay. And I've gotten some preliminary costs. You know, cedar is roughly double of composite. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the, you know, I've heard conflicting, you know, uh, arguments for and against. People say with cedar in this type of environment, it's better. You get better roof breathing. But, you know, the three, you know, the composite is uh, cheaper. And, you know, I'd just like to hear your input uh, on what kind of a, uh, what you think uh, is okay. good for my situation, uh, and I'll take my answer off the air. Okay, very good. Thanks for joining us on air, John. I really appreciate that. Appreciate the question, and I'll go first. And uh, Eric, the designer, may have a different opinion than I do, but um, even the uh, HOAs, the uh, uh, home, um, help me out, Eric. HOA. Well, just your, your what, what, homeowners association. Homeowners association. Yeah. There we go. The HOAs have begun to relent where they used to require cedar in some communities. They're backing off because, quite frankly, um, my personal opinion is a wood roof, while beautiful, over time becomes dangerous. You can have a fire in your house or your neighbor's home. Or a couple doors down, even. a couple of doors down, and it can end up kind of like... Uh, out in the woods, when they begin, the fire begins to crown, it goes from treetop to treetop. You can go from rooftop to rooftop. Not so with a composite roof. And if you want a roof that looks like a wood shake, you can get a composite mm-hmm. product that looks like a wood shake. I don't recommend that because there are so many absolutely beautiful profiles now in the, in the composite. Now, designer... Designer, I would tend to agree with that, but if you do want to do a wood shake roof, you know, and there's certain areas around here, there's areas in our listening audience here where they're not allowed to put them on just because of fire safety issues, just like you were talking about. But if you want to, I would make sure that you actually put into your budget an annual cleaning of somebody going up there, a professional, roofing professional, going up and cleaning and sealing that roof every year and make sure that somebody's up there and maintaining that every single year and have get on a, some kind of a maintenance plan with them so it gets maintained. Because what happens is, is if you miss it for a couple of years, you got a mess going and, you know, it's you just it's something you got to really maintain and stay on top of. It's not like a you know, a, a composite roof where you get up there every year or two and you throw some stuff on it to keep the uh, the uh, mold, mildew, and, and moss and everything from growing up. There's a lot more to a wood roof. Yeah, and it's, uh, I'd budget that in there. It's it's probably going to be long-term a lot more than twice because you need to figure that maintenance in, in, into that. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag right here because in just a couple of weeks, um, a friend of mine, 
who uh, has a home improvement company, has agreed to come on as a sponsor of this show. Woohoo! Yes, indeed. It's Timber Home Improvement. So, John, I'd uh, ask you to give Timber Home Improvement a call and talk to him about, uh, and you're going to be talking to Matthew Van Dyke, and talk to him about your wood roof versus a composition roof mm-hmm. versus perhaps even a metal roof. Yeah. And metal roof, man, that's a lifetime roof right there. Yeah. That, you're not, most people don't stay in their house that long. No. No, they so, don't. And, and so metal roofs are beautiful. Um, and, it, you know, and they, they don't all, they're not all standing seam metal roofs. No. They don't all look commercial. Although that's a good looking roof on some buildings. Some of them look like slate. Some of them look like concrete tile. Some of them look like Absolutely. wood shake. It's amazing what the metal fabricators are now able to do. With yeah, I've, se- I've seen some metal roofs out there that just look like they're an old uh, slate roof. Absolutely. Looks Absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Okay. Well, I hope that answered his question, and uh, I really appreciate the uh, the fact that he was listening and the fact that he called into the show, and maybe we've given information to people. And if you've got thoughts on roofing, give us a call at 503 uh, 417-9595 in unison now. <laughs> along toll free. With Mitch Miller. <laughs> and, and toll free is... 877 733 There we go. All right. So give us a call here in the studio and talk to us about your thoughts on roofing and roof maintenance and roof appearance and things of that sort. Uh, and share your thoughts with, uh, with uh, I believe it was John who called. Yeah. Um, okay. And, you know, he, he may want to hear from you as well. So we've given our uh, two cents worth. Yep. And uh, I'll send John the bill. Okay. <laughs> so let's... So, um, Going to glossy kitchens. Yeah, glossy cabinets are something that, uh, this is an article that I just posted up on our Facebook. It's from the uh, Chicago Tribune. And it's talking about glossy cabinets being in trend for kitchens. And it's depending on what your style is and what the situation is. And it's kind of interesting. Glossy kitchens are popular, but so are matte painted kitchens as well. Mm -hmm. So you can do a very Italian contemporary kitchen. That is a high gloss, like a white lacquered type finish where, you know, high gloss, like a car automobile type high gloss finish. Mm -hmm. And then you can turn around and do one with a very matte finish on that same color tone. And you get two completely different feels in that same kitchen. Let's run out real quick because Peter has joined us from Sherwood and Peter has a roof comment. Hi, Peter. Welcome to Around the House. We've got about one minute with you. Hey, uh, I was listening to your guys' conversation a moment ago about roof maintenance on cedar roofs and composition roofs. Uh, composition roofs, uh, they have to be maintained for moss and mold and mildew and stuff like that every two to three years with a product that's on the market now. And cedar shake roofs uh, were run between four and five years uh, that you need to get them put on, uh, a, a product put on there that's local in the area. So your 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 uh, stipulation saying that it has to be done every year and to put that into your budget I think is a false uh, statement. Peter, I appreciate your input. Are you a roofer? No, I'm not a roofer. Oh, okay. I, I, have, a, Just... I have a roof though on my house and been educated by it. Okay. Very good. Peter, I really appreciate the fact you joined us on air today and uh, you know what, we'll come back and join that conversation and uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, hold on here just a second. So I just found an unmarked box and I have no idea what's in it, but wouldn't be stored in the files if it wasn't interesting. I'm going to open it up just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is the Radio Northwest Network. We're listening to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And it's Facebook Spring Cleaning Day, and we're finding lots of neat stuff to post on our page around the house with Handyman Bob and Eric G. We definitely want you to join us in the conversation by phone, by email, or on Facebook. And the phone numbers here in the workshop are 503-417-9595, toll-free, 877-733-1011. Email should be sent to ath at kxl.com, and you can always post your comments on Facebook and follow us at 
Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And in the ongoing saga of the kitchen designer, (laughs) when we left off, Eric G. was explaining to us the differences between high-gloss finish in an Italian contemporary kitchen (laughs) versus a matte finish in what kind of a kitchen would that be, I wonder? Well, thanks, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) So, the rest of the story. Yes. (laughs) Basically, here here's the thing. When you're talking about gloss in kitchens, and they're talking about in here that uh, in this article, the homeowner had refinished her kitchen with a high gloss. I don't know if she hired a professional. That is not a homeowner-friendly, DIY-friendly project doing a high gloss because it is like doing a, well, it's like painting your car inside your garage. It's not going to usually end well. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and we had this debate with a client this last week on a medium gloss and a low gloss. Their issue was you have to think about the lighting, whether it's windows, whether it's can lighting, whether it's whatever type of lighting you have, sunlight, what is your gloss? Because we actually went on his to a low gloss because he had a the one wall was glass. I mean, it was floor-to-ceiling glass going outside with a three-foot overhang, and the sunlight coming in in the morning was going to blind you in that kitchen. Wow. And so high gloss can be really cool, but you got to think about using it. You have to have it in the right application. And even a medium gloss can be too much if it's not done correctly, especially if you've got high gloss granite, tile, things like that. You can get too much going on in there. So gloss is a big texture thing when you're designing a kitchen that you really, really need to pay attention to. Okay. Well, cool. Now, where would you use the matte finish that you were describing? It's depending on what you want overall to look. If you want, you know, if you think of old furniture, mm-hmm. it all has a low gloss finish on it. Mm-hmm. It's not typically a high gloss finish. We call it a patina. Yeah. So that low gloss finish really with cherry and stuff can look really nice without it looking too plasticky. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to do, I'm leaning a little more in a lot of projects towards the low gloss just to get that texture because especially with the quartz and granite countertops out there, which are more prevalent in most projects, gives you some texture to play with between those two areas. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, especially with, you know, you've got so much more lighting and, and you know, well-lit spaces. It's great because you can do under cabinet lighting. You can do toe kick lighting, above cabinet lighting. There are so many great things you can do with LEDs these days. It just blows your mind. There's something new with LED lighting just you about know, when every we day come of the week. Back, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the LED lighting discussion that you had with the folks at North Coast Lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, those little two-inch cans. <laughs> I mean, it, w- the way you described it to me, and I'm kind of a lighting geek anyway. I love yeah. lighting. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best things I ever heard, and it was from a, another designer, said lighting is the only design element you never see unless it's done wrong. Correct. And there's plenty of wrong. Yeah. I mean, most is wrong out there. That's how bad wrong is. Yeah. And he brought to you some LED information that you were unaware of. Yeah, I love love getting geeky with that stuff because there are so many details. And the crazy thing is, is just as soon as you think you've learned a fair amount about it, it changes and gets better. Well, and the LED world is evolving. Oh, my gosh, it's evolving. Yeah, Yeah, very, very fast. And you get what you pay for with LED lighting, and a lot of people don't believe that, but it's true. The the, the $2 bulb is a lot different than the $30 bulb and everything in between. So there's a lot of different things out there, and that's not them trying to sell you light bulbs. It's just the grade of what you're dealing with and how they fail and dimmers, and there's a ton of cool stuff with lighting. Well, maybe we can find time in the second hour to be talking a little bit about it because LEDs are becoming very, very, uh, they're almost ubiquitous now. The incandescent light bulb is clearly on its way out. Um, so is the compact fluorescent. And the fluorescent. CFL, thank heaven, oh, is on I hate its those way things. Out. If you've got them in your house, speaking of taking us out, why don't you? <laughs> All right. Well, if anything goes as planned, somewhere during hour number two, we're, we're going to have a very special guest on our show. Yesterday, I was talking to Dave Kindig from Bitchin' Rides and Kindigit Design. He is in town for the Portland Rod and Roadster Show. We're going to be taking, we're going to be talking about getting kids into the trades and how he got to be one of the world's most innovative custom car fabricators. Now that's worth sticking around for. So 
We'll see you right back here just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back. Or if you're just joining us, this is Hour 2 on the Radio Northwest Network where you're listening to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. Our mission is simply to help you successfully complete your honey-do list or maybe get started with a major project you've been planning. You know, we're doing a little bit of spring cleaning today, getting rid of a lot of that stuff we've been storing on our Facebook files. You know, we stuck it away because it was interesting, and we just didn't want to throw it out, so we want to share it with you. It's our little kind of donation to everybody today. We want to let you know, we just want to hear what you have to think about it, too. Absolutely. And you can do that by joining us in the conversation at 503-417-9595. On the toll-free line at 877-3373. I'll get it right yet, Eric. (laughs) You know, I need another tongue, and I've got one in my shoe. Go go to the bouncing ball there. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So the toll-free line is 877-733-1011. Email should be sent to ath at kxl.com. And you'll find us on Facebook at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. Now, when we left off, Eric, you were talking about uh, Glossy versus Matt Kitchens. Did you wrap that up? Did you yeah, know? I'd say we wrapped that up pretty well. Okay. You know, one thing to do to think about with dealing with Glossy Kitchens is, especially when you're getting, like, the acrylic ones and stuff, is that uh, you got to think about it. You're not going to get all the moldings and stuff that you typically do with that because a lot of those are an acrylic, mm-hmm. you know, actual cabinet door and so you're stuck to a lot of square moldings basically okay well that makes sense how about uh sliding into a little bit of lighting we just got a an interesting facebook post from uh, a lady who wanted to know about lighting and teased it a little bit in the last hour you know led lighting is very complex and you need to be working with somebody that is really up to speed on it because it is something that is just a consistently and constantly evolving technology. Mm-hmm. It keeps getting different. It keeps getting better. It keeps getting generally less expensive. So I should probably go into the lighting department at Home Depot to get my best information? Yeah, probably not, because <laughs> they still have a lot of incandescent-type bulb fixtures yeah. in there, too. <laughs> no, they do. So there are so many things out there that are changing with lighting that gets really interesting, you know, as far as uh, with the LEDs. And you know, I learned a couple things. One, when people have, you know, there's a ton of problems with dimmers and trying to make dimmers work with, with LED lighting. And one thing that I learned as well in this seminar that I took, and it was just a, a quick one, so it wasn't a full-on lighting seminar, but uh, many times when you're having noisy dimmer problems, it's actually a light bulb issue and not the dimmer. Uh-huh. And you've got to think about with LED lights as well is that you almost have to think about them. They have a starting circuit that lights them up almost like an electric motor does. So if you break that down, you've got that and you've got to get those LEDs started up so you can really overclock basically a a circuit as far as your dimmer to do that. So, okay, well, that's good information. Hey, you know what? I got an old friend of yours, I think, here waiting for us. You're waiting for Dave and dig it, aren't you? Hey, it's Dave. Welcome to the show, Dave. Well, thanks for having me, guys. How are you? Hey, wonderful, man. I First off, I want to say I love your show. I love what you are doing down there. Uh, I used to own a 66 Ford Galaxy, so when you did that 65, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you. You know, we just sold that car at Barrett-Jackson in January, and it was a hit. Man. Yeah, between no, but it's time to build another. Oh, man, that thing is great. And then, of course, you know, working on the GM Futureliner, that thing was... So old school, cool too. You guys just rocked that as well. Thank you. That by far was the biggest project in uh, 17 years uh, in business that we've ever taken on. Over 37,000 hours, uh, 19 months to build, and anywhere from five to 12 guys working on it at a time. So yeah. I was glad to get it done though, because it was taking up like six car spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great TV. I was enjoying that. Well, reason why we wanted to have you on today is, you know, you are one of the, what I would call one of the new faces in hot rod and building cars and designing custom cars out there. And we're really trying to get kids into the trades and going to school for the trades and being where you're just such one of the new innovation kings, I guess, out there in the automotive world right now, I wanted to get your take on a few things. Like, for instance, you know, I know that I heard that you started out kind of out in the sales and and management world and then started doing cars and people started noticing. How did you get started in all this? 
You know, it's such a funny little story. I uh, grew up very poor and, and not a lot of opportunities and, and didn't have a dad around. So basically, I, I figured out kind of early on to uh, put my mind to something and, and just go get it. And if it, uh, if it didn't arrive yet, that just means I hadn't finished getting there. Um, you know, I, I didn't actually have any formal training in any of the automotive design and stuff. It was something I picked up uh, drawing cars, playing with Legos and Hot Wheels when I was a kid. Uh, got into plastic models, and my imagination was pretty... Uh, uh, pretty excitable, I guess was the best way to say it. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, kind of kept at it. Uh, once I turned 16, I started playing around with Volkswagens and back then, you know, it was $50 for a Volkswagen and 50 cents for a newspaper. If you screwed up, you could buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I always had the lowest car in the Volkswagen club and pretty soon got into other cars and just kind of surrounded myself with people that knew how to do stuff. And I'd just watch and, and learn and, and pick it up and build cars on my own. And, uh, you know, just kind of kept snowballing. My designs got discovered and started doing some magazine designs. And pretty soon after uh, eight and a half years at uh, High Performance Coatings, doing ceramic coatings on exhaust systems for top fuel and indie cars and street rods and getting to meet a lot of people in the industry, uh, it was time to cash in my 401k and uh, for a whopping $4,800 and start my business. <laughs> and uh, never looked back. You know, I just kept putting it all back into the business, more equipment, more guys. And, uh, you know, here we are 17 years later, I've got uh, 26 employees, 27,000 square feet. We build on the average 20 to 25 cars at a time. Uh, got a little bit of a backlog of uh, about three years and 75 cars on the waiting list to get in there. So nice. it's in a feeding frenzy, I guess. People are still buying stuff that's very expensive that they really don't need. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. God bless them all. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. we got to love capitalism like that for sure. Well, you're such a great fabricator, but you're also just an absolutely amazing designer. Are there any things you'd recommend to the kids out there to help build those design skills if they kind of want to follow you in, in your footsteps? You know, there's actually there's some really good stuff. You know, um, Tom Taylor actually wrote a book called How to, Des- uh, How to Draw Cars Like a Pro by Tom Taylor, and you can get that on, like, Amazon or uh, I think through Weldon Books. And, you know, it shows perspective. It shows coloring and, and uh, you know, and it talks about different design. It shows a little bit of history of the, of the automotive world. Uh, you know, looking in magazines and, and uh, you know, getting ideas, they don't call it copying. They call it research. And <laughs> in this industry that we're in, you know, designs and, and things can cross borders from sport compacts to 4x4s to street rods to muscle cars to exotic cars. There's so many great avenues that really, you know, for a car guy, it really doesn't matter, uh, aside from four wheels and a steering wheel, to be into something and just drive towards being the best in what it is you love. And uh, that's the best advice I can give anybody is, you know, if you you set your mind to it, just go and do it. Um, Being very much hands-on, education is great, but definitely hands-on is what I'm always looking for as far as an employee to bring them in, somebody with some experience that actually knows how to work with their hands and and, uh, figure things out for themselves. Nice, nice. So are you having a hard time finding, uh, you know, quality craftspeople that are coming up to the trades? Uh, I know you're a West Coast guy based over there in the Salt Lake City area. Are you guys uh, having a hard time? No, not really. Um, you know, I, I'm always looking for the next guy to, to, you know, add to our team. I don't go through guys uh, very often. I very much give ownership to, of the company to all of my guys because it is what we make of it. And uh, when you have that policy, uh, you know, there's not really that uh, that workplace problems that go around with people, you know, being upset with another guy or starting problems with somebody. These guys are very much a family, and it's pretty cool. They weed themselves out as soon as you find that you might have somebody that's, you know, just not uh, quick, and, and it's very rare. In 17 years, it's, you know, only a couple of people have ever had to be uh, let go out of my shop in that respect. So when you have people that basically weed themselves out, everybody's kind of there to help and train and cross-train from different aspects of the build, whether it's chassis engineering, you know, mechanical, electrical, body work, paint work, polishing, assembly. We try and keep it fresh for everybody because, you know, nobody wants to go to work all day uh, for seven years and just Sam uh, Bondo. So yeah. we try and keep it fresh and keep it real. Nice. Well, we got to run out to break here in just a second, but uh, you're out at the uh, Portland Rod and Roadster Show, aren't you? Absolutely, and it is packed down here. It's awesome. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be heading out that way to see you after the show. Dave Kindig from Kindig at Design and Velocities Bitch and Rides. Thank you for coming on the show and helping out the kids. Thanks, my my friends. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, buddy.
All right. Well, when we come back, Eric and I definitely want you to join us in the conversation. You can do it at 503-417-9595 and 877-733-1011. We'll take all your calls just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is the Radio Northwest Network, where you're listening to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And we definitely want you to join us in the conversation. You can do it in a, what is this, is it a myriad day? Uh, it's a plethora day this all day long. This is a plethora day. All right, so you can do it in a plethora of ways. David is answering the phone. I'm monitoring the email, and Eric G. is keeping an eye on Facebook. You know, the numbers here in the workshop are 503-417-9595 and 877-733-1011. Email address is eth at kxl.com, and that's the best way to get Bob and I during the week. And we're watching for your post on Facebook at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. You know, Eric, that was a good interview you did with uh, Dave uh, Kindig. Um I enjoyed watching his show this morning. He was uh, working on a big old Cadillac. Oh, the Copper right, Caddy. The Copper Caddy, right here from Hillsboro. And I'll bet the Copper Caddy's down there at the Portland It's Rod down Roaster there, and show. I can't wait to go see that thing, because yeah. that uh, 1960 Cadillac two-door that is uh, chopped up, at, uh, it's chopped and dropped and but super sick. It was sure fun to watch how they... Pull it all apart, clean it up, put it back together, chop it up, lower it, and do all those kinds of things. And you made a beautiful tie-in to kids in the trades. How do kids get involved in things like that? And I was sitting here thinking, all right, so I watched what was going on in his shop today. There was sheet metal work. There was welding. Um, That's the predominant part of it. There's a lot of design work goes Mm -hmm. into it. A lot of machining goes into it with the sheet metal. It was anybody who can get involved with their hands and doing that, and that's what he said is he's looking for people who can work with their hands. And it got me to thinking about uh, an email I got this last week from the president of the Northwest College of Construction here in Portland. Mm -hmm. They're, I think they're taking applications now for this coming year's residential carpentry program. Yeah, it, it it has taken off. It is a, by any definition, it's a success. Here's where somebody, whether right out of high school or trying to find a, a, a second or third career, mm-hmm. can learn how to be a residential carpenter. And it they start right from the framing and they go all the way through finished carpentry with it. They had seven people start. They knew that one of them was going to leave midway through. The other six are still there. And I'm here to tell you that an awful lot of our brethren out here in the contracting world are just waiting for them to graduate. Oh, yeah. And, in fact, I don't think they're waiting for them to graduate. Some of them are already working on the job, mm-hmm. and they're coming back, and, and they just do this one day a week. Yeah, just get it finished up. You know, it's amazing. And, and we're going to be talking about this, you know, all year long. It's just springtime. But uh, I've been working pretty hard at getting some great national figures to talk about their paths and how they got to places and how they did it. Mm-hmm. So kids out there and, and parents and grandparents can kind of relate it to their situation. And, you know, there's not always a path for every kid to go to college and go off and get their four-year degree and go out there. You know, the, the worst thing I see out there is these kids going out and, and getting a six-figure education and not having a passion to do what they're doing. And then all of a sudden they're out there doing stuff that they don't want to be doing, but they've got the college debt of that hanging over their heads. And it's just the wrong way to start out if you're not on a path that you believe in. Well, you know, I finally figured out why some of the best conversationalists are baristas in these coffee shops. It's because they have philosophy degrees. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but that's that's honestly what's happening. It, if you're going to be an engineer, you got to go to college. If you're going to be a physician, you got to go to college. If you're going to be um, uh, a pharmacist, you got to go to college. If you're going to be uh, uh, a lawyer, you got to yeah. go to college. But they're, you know, okay, so maybe a third of our high school graduates need to go on to college. Now, what I'm not saying is you can go right from high school onto the job and earn a ton of money. No, that's not true. You need some post secondary training, but we've got to get college out of the vernacular. Uh, it, it's even one of the reasons I kind of wince every time I say Northwest College of Construction. Mm-hmm. But it is a college. It's post-secondary education. 
but it's hands-on. And, and we need to do a better job stuff. in our schools here, including Absolutely. our Portland public schools, of putting wood shops and especially our and Portland and you know schools. they are. Quite frankly, from my opinion, dropping the big ball on children on that one and not getting them into welding and cooking and all those other things out there. I think it's it's a huge, massive black hole in our education system right now, locally here especially. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uh, if you have a passion for this, you, you see somebody in your care kind of wandering uh, out in the desert lost, um, get hold of your school district. Yep. Talk to them and, and say, you know, I got a kid here who really doesn't have a passion for going to college, but he's got a passion for working with his hands as well as his head. Not instead of, but working with his hands as well as his head. Yes. I tell you what, you don't get into any of those trades. You listen to Dave Kendig. Yeah. Bright. Bright. Oh, yeah. He's not a stupid guy, but he works with his hands. He's a great designer. And oh my, is he fun to watch on television. So yep. what, what was that? It was the Seven Eleven you sent me to this morning at nine o'clock. <laughs> that's a Velocity Channel. Velocity Channel. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. It's, that's it's, the. There is so much great car stuff on there. And, one I'd and, never landed on before. Yeah, yeah. It's a good channel, and there's uh, lots of building and car stuff on there. Four wheel drive trucks, everything. So we got about a half an hour left. What do you want to do in the uh, in this next segment? I want to talk a little bit about deck maintenance. Deck maintenance. You know. I think that's a really good thing to talk about because my deck, you know, I told you I painted it with a special product, and we'll talk a little bit about that because after two years, it is now showing some points of failure. Yep. And that it was a test more than anything else. And we'll continue taking all of your calls to 503 417 9595 or 877 733 1011 just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back. Or if you're just joining us, this is the Radio Northwest Network where you're listening to Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. Our mission each Saturday is simply to help you with any of your home improvement projects. Numbers here in the workshop are 503-417-9595, toll-free 877-733-1011. You can always reach us by email, eth at kxl.com. And we are constantly monitoring our Facebook at Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And make sure to follow that uh, and click on it, like, follow, watch the news feed on it, because we're going to have stuff all week long, and we always continue this conversation right there. Absolutely. And let's run on and talk to Richard in Portland, because he's going to give us a great segue into the next segment of our show. Richard, welcome to Around the House. Thank you. Well, i, I got a slip on my it's going to replace, replace some boards on a, a decking, and the I have two by I said two by sixes, but actually two by twelves, and the majority part of it is good. And I've heard before that uh, on the show that you can pressure wash it and then apply some kind of a, a chemical or a, a thing to, to make it last longer. Okay, um, I'm going to pick up on this one because there is a wood hardener product that mm-hmm. is available and you can use it in very small very discreet applications where you have a little bit of wood rot and it, uh-huh. it will harden it um, but if uh, if the bulk of the wood is bad then by golly the the course of action is to replace it don't ever sister onto and that means to tie another board alongside a board don't ever sister alongside a rotten board because it's just like the rotten apple in the barrel that spoils the barrel of apples. Right, it's going to rotten everything. Out. Yeah, and then the problem you run with, especially using some of that uh, hardener on exterior applications, that it can harden on the very top. But the problem is, is sometimes that'll kind of fill that in and, and cap over it, but it can continue rotting behind it. Right. And you can actually hide the continued rot behind it until you have a problem. And if it's on a structural member... I think that could be just an open invitation to having some deck safety issues down the road. Okay. Okay. So uh, what would the hardener, I mean, uh, what's the name of it? Or you just go to 
if you if you'll just go to uh, home, any one of the any, any of the paint stores, they'll have it, you uh, know, basically. Yes. And so it's just a wood hardener that goes in there, and it'll it uh, takes that rot and hardens it up, and and tries to make it so you can actually do something with it. I'm trying to remember the name of it. If you um, if you it comes in a like a pint can. It's yellow and black in color. And uh, just it's just wood hardener, and they will know exactly what you're asking for. So if you, if you pressure wash there, it'll just gouge out most of the uh, rot. I mean, it's not that severe, but yet there is some there. Well, keep so in mind that this is great for just a kind of a, a non-structural application. So if, you, if you're trying to patch a little hole, that's great. But uh-huh. if you've got enough that you're really having to dig it out, then it sounds like you need to be replacing boards. Yeah. Okay. Hate to say that, but... Uh, yeah. Boy. Okay, well that's the way life goes. Think, yep, think, yep. Think of uh, think of wood rot as being the cancer of the board, and yeah. and how would you deal with it? You know, you you want to remove it and and get down to good material or replace it with good material. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Eric, that kind of slides us into what we wanted to talk about, and that's deck maintenance. You know, yeah, and. This is a great time of year, especially when we've got the weather just chilling out a little bit right now, and we're kind of in between rainstorms today a little bit. Take a look. You know, there's different steps to proper deck maintenance, but the first off, inspection. That's a big one. Is it a keeper? That's what Richard's going through right now is the inspection. How bad is the problem? You know, the first thing I do out of all this, especially if it's a deck that you've never inspected, go take a look and make sure that 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 deck is bolted to the house. Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't see big lag bolts going through that into the sill of the house, into the into the wall of the house, through the through the bottom plate down there, if you don't see that bolted down, you've got a problem. Right, because nails will pull out and the deck will fall off the house. I w- I was out with uh, with Ryan on another project this week, uh, and we were looking at this deck, and this deck is twenty five or thirty feet up. Ooh. It is probably ten by twenty. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. And it has two four-by-four posts going all the way down into two deck blocks. That's the only thing holding it up out there. And it had 16-penny nails holding it to the house. Oh, boy. That thing, can it's cantilevered out off of, not even cantilevered off off the house. It's just just hanging off the face of the house. And all you have to do is get a few people, a little bit of weight on the outer edge of it, and the leverage is going to pull it away from the house. Yeah, and that's a tough one. I mean, that I, I didn't like getting up on it because, I mean, we were, you know, a couple stories up on this thing with the way the right. ground went, and that was not a safe deck. And there's a lot of them out there, Yeah, you know. And on top of that, you better have the Simpson-style metal hangers holding everything together on that frame as well. Yep. You know, and those are the keys. But really, when you get down into looking at this stuff, first off, you're looking for that. Make sure it's all connected correctly But this time of year, you should be also looking at rot Mm -hmm. and looking to see how the finish is, looking to see, you know, get a a small screwdriver and all out and start poking around and seeing what what looks rotten and what doesn't. Yeah, if it it looks pithy, check it. Yeah. Well, and you've, Bob, had um, some finish issues on years that you've been talking about. Well, I... I tried two years ago because the wood was checking so bad. And when we talk about wood checking, what we're talking about is just natural weathering and splitting of the wood. And it was checking so badly that it was becoming unsightly. It was, um, I could have finished it in, uh, you know, in a transparent finish and continued with that path. But I decided this would be a good test bed to try bare deck over. Yeah. Now, bare deck over... um, I, I compared the two, Rust-Oleum and Bear, on all of the reports, and Bear seemed to hold up better. I can tell you that on my deck, in my application, on very, very, very clean and sanded wood, I, I was very careful to make sure I had a good substrate to put this on. Yeah. It has lasted two years. But because the wood was checking so badly, uh, some of the end grain allowed moisture to get in. It has mm-hmm. caused some of that Bear deck over to release. So I end up with now some, not blistering, but some of the paint is is lifting. And it is, it's a coating. It's not a paint. It's a coating. Yeah. Um, but I think that in this climate, I got two years' worth of use out of it. It looked a lot better for those two years. When I've got a week of sunshine coming up in the weather forecast, I'm going to clean it real good. I will sand those spots where I now have bare wood. I'll get back to good solid substrate again. 
and I'll put a third coat on because I already mm -hmm. have two coats on there. I'll put a third coat on, maybe a fourth. I don't know. Yeah. But at least a third coat on and see if I can get another year and a half or two years out of it. I'll be honest, in western Washington, I have had not in Oregon here when I grew up mm -hmm. in both areas here. In the 20 years that I've had DAX, I have only had finishes last a couple years. That's that's the expectation. And I have used just about every finish that I can think of on a deck where somebody's walking on it. You know, I've had fence finishes last a lot longer, right. but something that actually is a flat surface that it's you're a walking on surface. and a wearing surface, um, it's two years. And I've used stuff that has been the, you know, a leading consumer magazine's top rated finish and i've followed the prep i've done everything like you're supposed to and it's every two years so that uh, i'd almost call that a success i think two years is a success in the pacific especially Northwest. on old checked and worn wood right exactly now had i wanted to continue i would have uh, had i wanted to continue with either a, a transparent or a semi-transparent surface i probably would have gone to sickens which is an oil-based product and penetrates wood a lot better than most. Yeah, I've used, I, I haven't used that, but I've always, I always loved in the 90s using the Sickens automotive stuff on yep. my hot rods. Yep. Love the, love the, the, the company. Um, the other thing I used too for a while there on my fences and stuff was the uh, Penafin type products. Absolutely. And that worked out really well. It was um, messy. I mean, it's, uh, it's very thin, but it worked really well and, and really soaked into the, into the dry cedar on a fence. Yeah. So yeah, the Penafin and Sickens, I think they're both right up there and as far as durability and uh, and length of life, you know we've only got one segment left in this show. These Man. are the fastest two hours. <laughs> well, we're going to try and figure out where those two hours went, and we'll do it just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to Around the House, where I hope we've answered some of your questions and maybe helped you get your honeydew list under control, and I hope you had some fun. Exactly. If you think of something you need help with after the show ends, just drop us a note to ATH at KXL.com, and be sure to like our Facebook page, Around the House with Handyman Bob and Eric G. And uh, if you missed any of the show today, well, and you want to hear what you missed, the podcast will be available soon on our radio webpage, and you'll find that at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. David, how soon will that be ready? Oh, five minutes after the show's over. Five minutes after He's the on show. It. Oh, man. I've been editing as we go. All ah. right. This is producer David on the fly. I love no it. No kidding. He's making it happen. You know, we give people three ways to get in touch with us by phone, by email, and on Facebook. And we have an email here from uh, Jane. And she says she's got an old patio that she doesn't think will even withstand another pressure wash, but it's getting black and it's got a hint of green. What's the best way to deal with it? Jane, what I want you to do is just be patient. Wait until you've had about seven days of nice dry weather. So you've probably got another month or two to, uh, to wait. <laughs> no but until you've had about a week of good dry weather, and at that point, then apply, following the directions, 30 seconds outdoor cleaner to it. The beauty of that product is all you need to do is brush it with a stiff bristle brush and hose it off, and you don't have to put a pressure washer to it. But the reason it has to be dry is that the mosses and moles and lichens and algaes and things, well, it doesn't attack lichens. There's another product that's that. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the slime molds and the mosses and things like that, they have to be dry for it to take up the 30 seconds outdoor cleaner. Otherwise, it just, quite frankly, it doesn't work very well. No. But that's the answer, Jane. That's a good one. It is. And, and just in the event Jane isn't listening to the show, I will uh, email her as well. We do answer every email. We do. Yes. All right. So well, should we ask David here what time? Uh, I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> David is not only our producer. He produces... Um, Help me with the name of the show. Barbecue Nation. Barbecue Nation. All of a sudden, I just Senior went moment blank. There. Yeah, well, I was smelling all that wood smoke. And there we go. Barbecue Nation with uh, JT, the cowboy cook. And so what can we, uh, what lays in store for us today? Uh, today we're going to do the In Case You Missed It show, and we're going to go back and hit on some of our guests that we've gotten emails about, and then... Uh, we wrap the show up just with some uh, fun meat-related news from around the Internet. 
All right. <laughs> meat. That should be a that meaty show. That makes me show. hungry, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot of meat in it. But yeah. I, I almost was getting ready to write meaty show in the description, but I decided <laughs> it was too much of a pun and I'm better than that. No, <laughs> no just because you're a college grad. <laughs> he, he holds that over our head all the time. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, yeah, that's the, awesome. Uh, yes, there is a lot of meaty content in this. And, oh, let's get over it. Exactly. <laughs> We're not going to go there. Well, that kind of goes against the grain. It does. It yeah. does. Well, Bob, what do you have going on this week? Oh, uh, Monday and Tuesday, I am going to put a pillow on my office chair because I have 16 hours worth of online training to sit through, eight hours on Monday and eight hours on Tuesday for radon testing. So that nice. I can become a certified radon tester. There we go. That'll fit right into what we were talking about earlier today. It certainly will. It it's gonna kind of line out or or finish up the. Uh, oh, maybe it's a triple play or it's a uh, I don't know a hat trick or whatever. Yeah. But it's the asbestos, lead, and radon testing. Those are definitely some of the things that you're fighting. So. Absolutely. And what do you got going? Uh, just lots of design work. I got lots of stuff here and uh, lots of clients we're working with and lots of new projects coming up. So it uh, it's definitely going to be a busy week this you know this week and then uh, it's not going to slow down anytime soon. So well, let's throw David a curve and find out what are you going to do this week, David? Um, I'll be expanding my wife's garden this week. Oh, you're going to be digging in the yard. Does she let you plant any of the seeds? Uh, no, not really. You're Mr. Prep guy, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, be... you know, 99% of any job is preparation. No kidding. Anybody can stick a seed in the ground. Not everybody can cultivate it. There you go. <laughs> no, that's the way I'll look at it. There you go. <laughs> well, it so. sounds like we got, uh, I'm smelling the smoke coming already here. It's coming pretty close. I think probably, you know, just another 40 seconds 45 yeah, seconds, geez, something like where that. Where did the time go today? And JT, the cowboy <laughs> cook, is going to be walking through the door here. And in fact, it is time to tell folks that that's all the time we have for this week. But it is always a hoot putting the show together with my good friend, my co-host, Eric G. Our thanks to Aaron Schneider for making the show sound great. Producer David, thank you, David, for keeping us on track, keeping the communication center in good order. Most of all, though, we want to thank you for listening, and we want you to join us next week from noon to two, when once again we talk about maintenance, repair, designing for remodeling, and renovation of your home. Until then, be sure you do what you love and love what you do. This is the Radio Northwest Network. I'm Handyman Bob. I'm Eric G. And And you've been been listening listening to to Around the the House. We did a radio a whole lot different back then, but uh, I always had a good time with Handyman Bob. That is our throwback Thursday edition of Around the House way back in 2016 with uh, Handyman Bob and I and Dave Kindig from Kindigit Design was in the middle of that call-in episode. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the week. Happy Thursday. We will see you on Saturday. And as always, thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.